1: I'm good thank you and yourself? That
0: is good we're all fine here and a lot of questions in though uh, this Thursday Jane so we'll get straight into them and the first one Jane is from Deirdre and Deirdre has a 10 month old female golden retriever now she's had her first heat at 6 months of age what is the best age to spay her because her vet said no but Deirdre has concerns as she's not fully grown and she has heard that they are more likely to get cruciament ligament injuries if they're spayed before 12 months old so can you offer some advice there to Deirdre? Yeah
1: absolutely so in the vast majority of patients we'd normally recommend spaying at about six to eight months of age however in the larger or giant breed dogs we would normally recommend a little bit later on Um, I think our our listener has been doing some good reading online Um, so there is a a small body of evidence to show that kind of early spaying in the large. Um, some mobility issues later on in life however what I would say is at the moment the evidence is not absolutely outstanding. That said it's a simple thing for us to do to delay it slightly in the in the large and giant breeds. We don't have the same body of data for let's say small to medium breed dogs. It's, it's let's say six to eight months of age being the recommendation there because obviously if we leave it rock on a little bit longer, they're likely to kind of go into heat and then are at risk of having having a teenage pregnancy, as it were, which is something we would all want to avoid. Um, I, I would say for most patients, it's it's really important to chat to your vet and discuss your own specific situation. Um, If you're in a situation where the pet has gone into heat before they were spayed, let's say, and I suppose they all mature at a different age, smaller dogs tend to mature a little bit earlier than larger dogs, so they sometimes run the risk of going into heat sometime between kind of eight, nine, ten months of age, but sometimes can be a little bit earlier, in which case it may be the case your vet might advise you wait for a few months. So regardless of the age we spay a dog at, we always need to make sure that we're trying to catch catch them at the right point in their cycle. So every cycle that they have, every heat cycle, is like a roller coaster of hormones. And that affects both their own hormones, but also the safety of the surgery. So we want to time the surgery for a time when everything is really, really nice and relaxed. The roller coaster is at a low point in the hormonal in the hormonal levels and the uterus, the womb itself, is not very vascular as would happen around the time of heat. So normally that's about three months after they finish heat will be the sweet spot for timing Timing spaying if they've already had a heat. But I think really it's it's good to put a lot of thought into this. Spaying is definitely the right choice. I, I, it has great benefits for them longer term. It reduces their risk of mammary ca- cancer, so breast cancer longer term, and it prevents serious infections of the womb called a pyometria, which can be life threatening. So, definitely a good thing to do.
0: And have you heard of those and uh, ligament injuries that the deer just speaks about there uh, for those yeah. pets?
1: So they, so you can have cruciate ligament injury. So it is, it is essentially the mobility issue. So sometimes it can be uh, osteoarthritis. Sometimes it can be ligament changes or changes in the ligament elasticity, which is what's, um, what's kind of proposed as the possible down, downsides of spaying before they're kind of sexually mature in the larger and, and extra large breeds. But as I say, it's kind of it doesn't seem to have the same body of data in smaller dogs. So it's a less of a concern, as it were.
0: Okay, hopefully that helps you there, Deirdre, on email and on WhatsApp. A question for Jane here. This person says that their dog is coming to bed by night for the past two weeks. Now, she used to come up the odd time before, but not nightly. She normally sleeps on the sofa in the sitting room. Now, she's an older dog, but what's the reason now she's constantly coming up to the bed uh, for the last two weeks?
1: OK, so a change in habit is always interesting. It could just be the time of the year. It might be a little bit colder in some parts of the house. I know we're all trying to spare the heating at the moment. Um, but it, it can be sometimes a change in weather. Sometimes if, let's say, the bedroom is is usually the, the warmest place in the house at night. And obviously there's humans in there that are nice and warm to snuggle up to. So sometimes it could be heat seeking. Um, It could be just a general change of behavior if we have an older dog as well. So we we talk a little bit sometimes here about how, you know, changes in behavior as we get a little bit older that are associated with, let's say, a little bit of confusion, disorientation. That can sometimes manifest as subtle things like that, changing sleeping position at night. It doesn't sound like it's a huge problem, but that's really a, a personal thing some people would really prefer if they weren't in the upstairs part of the house and others are okay with it so it really depends on your own personal situation if you're happy with it i don't see much problem but what i'd say is that if, if it's something that you don't want them upstairs and you want to have your dog base and settle try and make it really really cozy downstairs and just maybe be mindful of the temperature will be the first thing i'd maybe think of just in case it's a little bit chilly and that's
0: what's bringing her upstairs and Eileen is in for more know, Eileen has a Yorkie Jane. The Yorkie is 18 months old And he gets nuts in the morning And a bit of chicken or meat in the evening But he always still seems to be hungry Eileen wants to know Is she feeding him enough?
1: Hmm, difficult to say. I think the best indicator of whether you're feeding them enough is your dog's body condition. So that's kind of his weight, but it's mainly really how much fat covering they have. So, you know, nuts and some chicken sound, sounds okay. I Chicken is, a, is an optional one. I would normally suggest that the, the absolute main part of a dog's diet should be kind of a standard, well balanced, good quality dog food. Um, but the odd treat here and there is not the worst thing in the world as long as it's not impacting on their weight. The best thing I could say is have a little look at the back of the pack of your dog food and take your pet to the vet to get weighed so that you can tally up and see exactly how much it's recommended that you feed of that particular nut. And that varies from nut to nut. Very much like if if you or I ate a cookie, it'd be much higher calorie than I suppose anything, a slice of bread. So it varies widely depending on the calorie content of things. So have a little look at that, but also maybe pop to your vet for a weight check And they'll also assess their body condition score. So the easiest way to do that is to pop to your bed for them to do it professionally. We're well used to doing it, but if you want to do it at home, one simple thing to do is to try and feel your dog's ribs. So feel along the side of the chest. You should be able to easily feel his ribs, but not to see them. The easiest way of thinking about that is if you hold out, let's say, your left hand and you stroke across your fingers with your right hand, it should feel like that. So it should feel like uh, just a soft little undulations under the skin, but not being able to see the ribs. Um, And that will be a good body condition. If it's difficult to feel your dog's ribs, they're probably a little bit portly. And if you can see your dog's ribs, they're probably a little bit on the slim side. But as I say, professional help is always best. So if you have concerns, your local vet or vet nurse will be able to help you assess their diet and body condition.
0: Okay, and there's another Jane in Mallow, and this Jane has a very old cat. He gets a blood bubble, though, on his eyelid. Any idea what's causing it?
1: Oh, okay. So, that's a slightly unusual one. If it's very bloody, it could be injury-associated, but it could could be a little cyst or a little mass. There's a few things that could be going on there. So it's quite common that sometimes you get little blockages of the hair follicles on the eyelids, so the little eyelashes. That can sometimes cause problems and cause little swellings that go up and down. But it is possible that we can get little masses, so little little tumours essentially on eyelid margins are something that can happen quite frequently in older pets and they, they would need attention and, and monitoring. I would say this warrants a trip to your vet for them to fully assess what it could be because it could be something really simple, harmless, or it could be something that might just need a little bit of taking care of. So I would say visit your vet, get them to look at it and make sure that the it's not causing any damage to the underlying eye or any discomfort in that way that needs to be dealt with
0: and Kayla is in Toker now she has an elderly dog 15 years old Uh, it seems to be in good health and is happy but over the last week or so her dog is vomiting now not every day uh, but the odd time she can't understand why this will be happening she hasn't changed the diet and she's around the dog nearly all the time
1: okay I am I would say this is a change for your pet and what we always talk about is a change is always an indication to get something checked out. Although the vomiting is not let's say really explosive and all day every day and it's just a few times it's still something that would be of a concern particularly in an older pet. As you say you haven't changed the diet so it's unlikely to be a dietary upset unless they've been getting some sneaky treats or something different from what they'd normally eat so I'd be a little bit concerned particularly in an older patient that there might just be something going on in the background and that the vomiting might just be a little bit of an early warning sign for us so I would say I wouldn't hesitate with this one I'd book in with your vet for a full, full check over it may be that they might suggest doing some background testing some bloods are a very common thing that we do in geriatric patients just to screen for background disease well done for noticing and I'd visit your vet with this one.
0: And Michael is in Bishopstown now he is a Labrador 11 years old but with within just the last month, he realising this, that when he's out walking with his dog, uh, the dog just wants to sit down. So the Labrador is willing to go for a walk, but maybe about five minutes into the walk, he'll sit down and no matter where we are, it could be in the middle of a crossing uh, or indeed of a laneway or of a road, he'll just take a seat. He'll be panting, but he seems happy. Everything else is fine. He looks healthy. He's eating food. uh, But why does he seem to get tired only about five or ten minutes into to a walk
1: okay so this sounds to me like exercise intolerance so essentially the equivalent of you or i not being not being very fit but it may just not be the case that he's not very fit it could be there there's an underlying health reason that his his heart and his breathing can't cope with exercise and it's really quite common in older pets i would suggest additionally Another common thing in older pets is mobility issues, so discomfort in the joints. A little bit of osteoarthritis can sometimes make them reluctant to move on walks. But this pattern of just sitting down five minutes into a walk, refusing to move, even though they seem otherwise happy, I, I would say really indicates that you need to visit your vet I will be concerned that there might be an underlying reason, whether it be a heart problem or a breathing problem or a mobility issue, which is really restricting your pet's ability to exercise. And we want them to be happy and to have a good quality of life and to be able to exercise. But, you know, in addition to that, I would take this as as, as as a sign that really needs investigating at this point before it shows up in, in let's say less strenuous activity so yes I'd, I'd visit your vet with this one I'd be a little bit concerned that there might be a, a background issue going on with the heart or the lungs or the mobility
0: and just following on from Michael's one uh, something similar this is from Dorothy and Carrick Tool. Uh, her dog he's panting and using his belly a lot to breathe and this is when he's resting uh, she's just worried that he seems to be panting uh, extremely uh, After maybe a a tiny bit of exercise, but more or less using his belly, he's kind of rubbing his belly along the ground. She can't figure out what is wrong with him.
1: Okay, so if he's using his belly to breathe, so let's say with every breath it should be nice and relaxed. Breathing is kind of a passive process. If we're having to actively use the belly to, to suck in the air and then to press the air out, that's what we call abdominal effort and that's an indicator that a pet is struggling to breathe. I would definitely visit your vet without delay with this pet just to make sure that there's not some reason that they're struggling with their breathing. And the causes can be endless. It can be a problem with the inlet. So whether there's any problem with the nose or the mouth it can be a problem with the lungs themselves it can be fluid up in the lungs or you know i think once all of those things are ruled out if it is that your pet is let's say rubbing his tummy on the floor that could be normal for him but it really does sound like he has abdominal effort with his breathing and that means that they're struggling so this definitely needs the attention of a vet without delay
0: okay dorothy uh, best of luck with that and jane thank you uh, for joining us this thursday back again next thursday jane Brilliant. Thank you very much. Take care. Jane Pickett there of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.
1: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.